Right, morning. Um, hello, everyone. It is now Sunday morning at the end of week two of this fastest fat loss cut. So I'd like to update you on where I'm at and uh, talk a bit about training today. So that's been on my mind. And I promised you guys I would speak about it in the last episode and the last one <laughs> and possibly the one after that. Um, so I'll talk about it today. Firstly, I hope you're all well. Um, yes, it's been a lovely couple of weeks to be back in gyms. If you're one of my UK listeners, if you're one of my US listeners or elsewhere abroad, hello. Hope you're good. Um, now, over the course of the last two weeks, tracking my average, I've lost about 1.74 kilos. And I say average because I think that's more important. So where I'm at now relative to the beginning of the last two weeks is probably about three kilos. So it's a larger loss, but I like to track averages, a weekly average. So this week's average is down 1.44 kilos. Last week's average was down 1.3 kilos. Uh, and that is down from the week before where I cleaned up a little bit. So I'm fairly confident that this is mostly all fat loss because I already did a phase prior to that where I dropped a couple of kilos of just water and bloat and whatnot. So I can be relatively certain that this is mostly fat intake. Fat. <clears throat> so what we can do is we can just calculate the numbers and that makes, it puts things into perspective. So one point, uh, so 2.74 kilos, if we times that by 2.2, I'm doing this live right now. I've not done this before. So we'll see if it gets the result. I think it will. Yeah, is about six pounds of body fat. Now, if I take that and I times that by roughly 3,500, <clears throat> it gives me about 21,000 calories that I've burnt off over the last two weeks. So if you divide that by 14, we get 1,500. So I've been in an approximate deficit of about 1,500 calories every day, which I would say is about right. Yes, I would say that's about right. Since my caloric intake has been, not that I've been counting, but it's been roughly about 1,200. I say not counting, I don't count on a daily basis, but I calculated about a few days into it what I was eating and I've kept it roughly there. Talking of which, I want to do an episode on what I eat on these days as well, which I think will be useful for you guys. So that means I've been in a deficit of about 1,500 calories per day, every day, which means my actual caloric intake has been more like 1200 to 1500 since my maintenance is probably in that 27 to 3000 range um, and i know some of you sat there going oh my god that's a high maintenance but yeah it's not really and the majority of people who think their maintenance is 1200 are just really bad at counting calories um so yeah if you think you maintain at 1200 you don't trust me um most women are in the 2000 range for maintenance most men are in the 2,500 calorie range for maintenance. Anyway, that's a side topic. I just wanted to address that because I know people will be sat home thinking, oh God, he's got such a high caloric intake, it must be easy for him. Well, no, because your hunger relative to your caloric intake, it's, well, it's, well, it's relative. If you have a deficit of 1,500 calories, you're going to be hungry, regardless of if your maintenance is 3,000 or if it's 6,000, you know, if you're essentially half eating half of your TDE, you're going to be hungry no matter what. But anyway, we all have our cross to bear. 
that is mine. I am not a 300 pound bodybuilder who can eat 6,000 calories at maintenance. I'm just me, as we all are. And that is an important lesson for life. All right, so I wanted to talk today about exercise. Now, um, when it comes to extreme cuts and the people who, the sensible people who promote extreme cuts, so I'm not talking about, you know, Karen down the road who sells juice cleanses. Fuck Karen, for, for starters. We're not interested in her. Um, what I'm interested in is your evidence-based practitioners who practice fast cuts and more aggressive diets. And what the general advice is, and these guys, what the general advice is, you know what, I need to stop doing that. I've noticed, I listen back to these podcasts and I notice I do that a lot. I start a sentence and then <laughs> I don't like the way it's going and I just cut myself off. I have to stop doing that. But the general advice is that you should lower volume drastically when you're on a maintenance, sorry, when you're on an aggressive deficit. So lower the general advice from evidence-based practitioners who do this kind of extreme dieting. And I know a few of the people who do um, in my sort of circle of people I know who aren't sort of horrified by this. The general advice is to lower volume drastically. So lower workload, essentially make your gym time less, do less cardio, do it less hard. And that's what people recommend. The idea being that if you have less calories, you have less energy in terms of recovery and you're better off pouring most of your attention into the calories and letting that do the bulk of the work rather than whipping up your appetite with lots of hard sets in the gym. I said hard sets, get your mind out of the gutter people. Hard sets, hard sets, <laughs> hard sets. Um, yeah, rather than doing hard sets, the idea is lots of hard sets. The idea is to let the diet and the caloric deficit do the bulk of the work rather than the hard sets or hard cardio. Now, like with most things, um, I think it's context dependent. And I think a lot of these recommendations are people who have heard some of the work of Lyle McDonald, for example, who wrote about rapid fat loss two decades ago. Um, but I, and I think they just sort of blanket repeat it. But I don't think it's true because I think it's context dependent. Like I've been doing my usual workload. If anything, I've been going higher volume. So I've been doing up to about 15 sets per body part. And I've been doing hit cardio after. <laughs> and I'm not falling apart. In fact, I feel great. In fact, if anything, my appetite's been fantastic, as I've said. In fact, I should have updated you about my appetite as well. I'll do that at the end, if I remember. So the, re the blanket recommendation to say reduce your strength training and don't do hit cardio, do low intensity steady state. It's, it's, it's rarely if ever, blanket advice rarely if ever works. So yes, you can do that and it will make your recovery better because you, well, you have less to recover from. It doesn't mean though that if you diet on lots of sets, lots of volume, your usual volume, um, lots of hard work in the gym and hit cardio. It doesn't mean that that's going to be impossible or it's even going to be a negative. In fact, I've seen it as nothing but a positive right now. My resting heart rate is still in the 53 sort of range, which is great. And I've been using caffeine more and more, but the increase in hard cardio has actually offset that. So let's look at sort of context. I don't have a very 
active day. I'm relatively sedentary. My job is what amounts to an office job, basically just solving people's problems, um, helping people. Essentially, a lot of it is that a lot of that is done off my desk. That's my job, helping people. A lot of that is done from my desk. Um, so I don't have a massively active job or active life. Now, if I was to cut back on my workload, let's say start driving to the gym and doing less work in the gym, that would leave me with a pitiful amount of actual activity per day, apart from you know just the gym and various other things. However, right now I'm training six days a week and I'm doing HIIT cardio six days a week. Not a massive amount, but I'm doing some. And so it wouldn't be appropriate really for me to immediately lower volume or even have an eye towards lowering volume long-term. It's more appropriate for me to just stick to the high level of workload that I'm doing and ensure that I'm staying active and staying healthy and actually improving my health over the course of this cut. Well, that's the whole idea, isn't it? So I think when it comes to blanket recommendations, we've got to put them within the context of the overall plan, the client's overall needs, where they're at, what they do. And I'll tell you something else. This is another sort of spanner in the wrench. A lot of these guys, they will... Um, they will be working with enhanced clients or they'll be enhanced themselves. And it's quite a sad story, really, because um, there is a local coach around here who's had various heart problems and he's only young. He's only about 30 odd. And um, he's precisely the kind of guy who would benefit from more hit cardio from rapid fat loss because he's still quite soft. Um, I say he's a bodybuilding coach. He's competed, I think, once or twice. Um, but he's smashed the hell out of the drugs. And he's basically got him to the point where he's he's got a permanent heart issue. Um, and he's still smashing the drugs. And that is quite sad. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's really quite sad. It's it's almost like watching a drug addict. Um, it's, it's a train wreck. Uh, but he's precisely the type of guy who would recommend, who would, sorry, who's precisely the kind of guy who would benefit from a higher amount of volume in the gym, who would benefit from regular cardio, who would benefit from precisely this type of thing that I'm doing right now. But his whole mindset is stuck in this low volume, recovery is everything type of way of being, which I think is completely counterproductive to where he needs to be. But he's another one of those guys who's married to his method He's married to his sort of ideology rather than being married to results. He's also not actually improved physique-wise for years as well and then suffered heart problems. Um, and he's still young. He's in prime gaining time. Like he could gain and gain very well if he followed something that I put together for him, for example, if he was as a natural, you know, just get him down to a regular, what would be termed a natural dose, like a TRT dose. But anyway, this this podcast was not supposed to be about that. It's just something that was um, brought to my attention. It's, it's quite sad, really. Um, and it is genuinely sad because I, I hate to see anyone struggling in that way, uh, particularly because a lot of it seems to be self-imposed and through a series of impulsions which go against what he needs to be doing. But anyway, going back to what I was talking about, exercise. If you do start something like this, then I would urge you not to just smash your volume to bits straight away. 
that's not wise. Evaluate, you know, see how you get on, see how recovery is, um, see where you're at. Like I, if anything, my volume has increased, um, mostly because the gyms are open again. So that's why it's increased. And my activity has certainly increased. I walk to the gym and back, which is, I consider to be quite a blessing. I'm able to do that. It's about a 20 to 25 minute walk. I uh, listen to a podcast um, or something like that. And then once I get to the gym, I switch over to music and off I go. Right. There was one time actually where I continued listening to the podcast that it was, I'll give these guys a shout out. It was um, Brandon DeCruz and Abel Savai's podcast, the latest one where they both collabed and it was really good. So weirdly enough, I just ended up listening to those two while I was working out. But there you go. Right. I will get back on topic. So summarize what I've said so far. One, I'm down about six pounds in two weeks, which I think is mostly genuine fat loss based off the numbers. And I'm very pleased about that. I would say I've probably got about 10 pounds to go, which means it could take anywhere between three to four to five weeks of this type of dieting. Um, and that's fine by me. Uh, let's see what else. I also covered training and this idea that the knee-jerk recommendation for from evidence-based practitioners is to reduce your volume either immediately or almost immediately after the beginning of a diet like this, more extreme cut. I don't think that's the wisest option because I think it's context-dependent and I think you can eke out a little bit more um, for if you're able to recover from it. And you'll only know that if you actually try it. So rather than following somebody else's blanket recommendation, see for yourself, see where you end up, see where you're at. And in general, um, we're just coming out of a pandemic. So cardio and exercise in general should be plentiful. Also, if you are at risk of various issues, it's highly recommended that your volume in the gym is a little bit higher. So you're actually getting some work in the gym. Not that you should be using gym for cardio, but then if you're in that position, well, let's face it, your bodybuilding days are pretty much over at that stage. Uh, unless you're unless you're wanting to be very reckless so work for health and enjoy a healthy life right um i'm gonna leave it there can you guys please like subscribe share this around if you think this will be useful for people to follow my journey with the lessons included in between um shares are really nice comments are good five-star reviews on itunes are amazing um please do that. That that helps me out a lot. It helps me get the message out there because there's a lot of crap out there. And um, if you like my work, it would be a nice gesture and it's free to review. Yeah, that's the main thing, isn't it? Like, obviously I do this for work, but just to support my work, it's absolutely free. So throw a subscribe out there, throw a share out there, you know, throw a comment, a public comment. It is amazing how many people like watch my stories and devour my content without throwing so much as a like my way. So please do that. It helps out a lot. And you know what? It just makes me feel good too. So that's nice. You've made somebody feel nice for the day. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. I will call it there and I'll speak to you guys next time. Au revoir.